0: you believe that this sh- this month essentially we are celebrating 3 years of covid covid coming out came out and you know came out a little bit earlier actually i think it came out in 2019 we were seeing it but in 2020 in march was the the two weeks to slow the spread and now we're 3 years later just dealing with all of the ramifications that came with it it is insane to me how we as a supposed christian nation allowed all of this evil to happen you know i i ask you guys this because you know from me looking back at it i can see how all of it was really targeted at our children at our children who weren't even affected by COVID. Children didn't die from COVID. Children didn't get sick from COVID. There, there's an organization, Dell Big Tree's organization, I Can Network. Um, I, I suggest you go there, donate to them. Um, because they have some am- amazing attorneys that um that work for them. Uh Aaron Siri is one of them. And they're always filling out FOIA requests and, um, you know, going after the FDA and you name it, CDC, they're, they're a great organization that really, um, that, that's somewhere to put your money, you know, whatever you can afford because they're, they're really, they've been fighting. I mean, we, we know through, through a lot of their work that FDA or CDC didn't even have um had to redo all their numbers that they were um that they were coming up with for children and and how they like supposedly died they removed hundreds of of cases and just recently this week they actually came up um and uh got uh, some attorney um on Well, not attorney, but they, CDC came out and said that they cannot give us the real numbers of the people that were in the hospital with COVID because of the way that we accounted for them. And I say that being a hospital supervisor, knowing that that person that came in for a foot ulcer automatically got tested for COVID. And if they were positive, they went to a lockdown isolation COVID unit, um, you know, for their foot ulcer. And I had to report those numbers to the emergency management resource database. So it, it's like every single thing about this has just been off. And I don't understand how Christians didn't see it. I don't understand how families, how you allowed your families to be separated during this time when you saw the rest of the world, you know, going about and living their life. Maybe not the rest of the world, but a majority of people were going about and living their life, me included. I'm a, I am was a nurse that worked in the federal hospital. My son worked in the ER at one of the largest hospitals in Arizona, and we lived normally. We did nothing different except maybe make sure or take our vitamins up our, our vitamin D, right? Because studies were showing very early on that we needed to do that. But that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, I just don't understand why people did not speak up knowing that there was a lot of misinformation out there from the mainstream media. I can't tell you how many people that I have met or talked to or that send me private messages or texts and they tell me, yes, Jody, I agree with you. agree with you 100% and i'm like well shout it out shout it out to the rooftops you know i mean earlier today i was i was trying to do an audible for my book and seeing if i could actually do it and it sounded good and it made me reread what um one of the forewords from dr Aaron Cariarty, and i'll just read it to you real quick the foreword foreword that he wrote for my book rare courage he he said Um, During the COVID pandemic, all too few health professionals stood up against our misguided and destructive public health policies. Jodi O'Malley was among the rare exceptions. She is a nurse who courageously risked her career to put her patients first, suffering retaliation from a corrupt healthcare institution. Had there been 100 other nurses like her in this country, The worst excesses and harms of our misguided COVID policies may have been averted. Read this book to be inspired by a woman of true integrity and fortitude. And so you think about that. I'm one person. I had no idea what my story and my exposure from my videos was going to do. Um, I didn't know what impact it was going to have, um, but I knew that I was saw I saw people dying needlessly. I saw the lack of informed consent. Primarily, I saw the criminalization of early treatment with safe drugs. I mean, forget about if they worked or not; they were safe to try. And so I sit there and I think like, I know so many people that felt the same and that called themselves Christians, but still continued with their job. They still continue with their job today. And, you know, I'll tell you, I if if I allowed this anger that I have inside of me, because trust me, I do. My sister told me that it's called righteous anger. And I'm like, okay, because that's exactly what it is. And I understand that each of us come to the truth at different time and that's okay. Um, And I'm really having to sit in that because I came to the truth when I came to the truth. So there's a difference in like, is God tugging at you? Is God telling you? To do this, whatever this may be, but you are so afraid of losing your paycheck because you're the primary breadwinner from your family, or you don't want to live, you know, lose your comfortable life, or you don't want to lose friends, or you don't want to lose family, or you don't want to lose your standing in the community, Um and, and so you're, you're not listening to that little whisper, that little tug, you know, that little silent, something that just comes out of nowhere. And you're like, oh, what was that? And, you know, some people call it ego and, you know, call it what you will. I call it God. I call it that little whisper, something that you just cannot shake. And that's what happened to me. So three years ago this month, I, I was sitting in the nurse's station in the ER when I found out that the whole world was getting on board with this virus. And, and I mean, literally, guys, over freaking night, the everybody just got on board. I mean, you know, I talked with one of the widows. I interviewed him um, a couple weeks ago, Curtis Bay. Look that show up. That was really good. Uh, and he said, I want to know who sent out the memo who sent out the memo that overnight every single hospital administrator got and it was disseminated to all of their staff that they were going to completely change the policies and protocols that they had put in place because all of the policies and protocols you know this isolation um putting putting diabetic foot ulcers because they tested positive with no symptoms on a lockdown COVID unit. Um, that was that, that was wrong. That was wrong. And that, and that is why I became a whistleblower. That did that didn't so much more. You know, I, I asked my attorney because people ask me all the time. They're like, what is it that you are um, like suing for? Right. Why, what are your whistleblower charges? And they're, This is what my grounds are. Actions in violation of a law, rule, or regulation, gross mismanagement, gross waste of funds, abuse of authority, and substantial and specific danger to public health and safety. There are five things. These are five things that a whistleblower can blow on. And I am hitting every single one of them because of everything that happened literally starting three years ago. And a lot of them are still continuing to this day, to this day. And, and it's like, you know, people feel like all that. We're kind of gone back to normal a little bit ish. And it feels kind of normal, but guys, I mean, I'm here to tell you, especially to all my Christians out there, because I'm talking to you. This show is for you. This I am I am talking directly to all of my believers in Jesus Christ. Because to be a Christian means that you are a follower of Jesus and that you try to live and act and talk and move in your life like Jesus would. And so this is where you know I I have such a hard time when, when people, number one, when Christians, number one, did not see the propaganda writing on the wall. I mean, propaganda 101 says fear. It has to be fear. Fear has to be pushed constantly, constantly with no saving grace. Absolutely nothing that you could do it has to be fear, fear, fear. And there has to be one solution. And that solution was the vaccine, right? So, <laughs> an experimental vaccine with no data, and and so I I just wonder why. Like for me, I I'll I'll tell you. For me, I grew up in in a Pentecostal spirit filled church. My preacher, Sister Kelly, she spoke on end times prophecy all the time, and as a little girl, I went. Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, you know, um, religiously and every single time practically she talked on end times prophecy. And so I've, you know, barely even cracked open a Bible in the last 30 years. Um, but in comparison, you know, to someone who reads it every day, right. To the good Christians, the good Christians that are reading their Bible every day and going to church without fail and, you know, being part of the potluck dinners, you know, those good Christians. That's where, that's why I'm wondering, like, how come if you're reading your Bible every single day, you will see fear not over 365 times a a scripture for every day. You know, there's a scripture, Timothy one, seven, It says, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so immediately when I found out that the whole world was getting on board with this, this was a global event. And I knew from my teachings as a little girl that the end times would look like a global event. And so when I saw that, number one, this was a global event, and number two, fear was being pushed. And I am commanded as a believer not to fear and choose faith over that. Not, not faith in freaking Fauci, not faith in the CDC and the FDA, because for those of us that were paying attention, and this was me, I my eyes literally were woken up to all of this in March of 2020. And I just started researching. I started really choosing faith and refusing fear and educating myself. And then I heard the term follow the money and forget about it. Like all of this stuff, you know, money, they say, is the root of all evil. And, you know, uh, everyone, every one of these globalists that that want the whole world to change that think that they're gods, they have money and they want power. And so everything was was drawn off of the premise of those two things. You know, i I just I don't understand how we allowed them to close our churches, right? We stopped educating our children. See, guys, at the end of the day, this is where this makes me like utterly so upset. And it's because it's our children. It's our children that have been affected by this. our children were isolated they were told that they could kill grandma if they didn't put a freaking piece of cloth over their face they were isolated they couldn't see their friends and even if the parents said yeah you can go see johnny johnny's mom was like you uh, i can't let you see peter because my husband's family's brother's aunt's mother's uncle is coming over and we told them that we weren't going to see anybody. And it's like, oh my God, we literally allowed irrational, insane people to to drive this whole thing. I mean, even one of my son's tutors, you know, a young woman in her 20s, she did not want to get the shot And, and she's around me, so she knows how I feel about it. And she wound up getting it because she couldn't see her family and her family means everything to her. And I, I just am like, Oh my God. And ever since she got it, she has all these issues and you know, there's no real talking about it to her because you, you know, I I have a good knack of how far I can, I can, you know, push things with people. I, I figure, you know, we're, we're, You know, God even tells us, too, in the Bible that it's not our job to change people's minds, but it's our job to speak the truth, essentially. If we are Christians and we are followers of Jesus Christ, then we know that he is the truth. So nobody can come to the truth except through him, right? So the fact that we are afraid to speak it tells me right there on where you stand. If you're afraid to speak it, if you are afraid to send your beautiful messages to me for the book, buying my book and sending me messages like, I've loved you. I've known you my whole life. Girl, we don't talk all the time, but I am out here cheering you on and I'm praising you. You know, you're courageous. You always have been. Like these beautiful sentiments, I'm getting those constantly. And then I'm like, do they follow me on Facebook? And then I go and I look and I'm like, yep, they're still following me on Facebook. What are they active on Facebook? Yep, they just posted 15 minutes ago. They post all the time. But they can't but, but they can't publicly support me. You know what I'm saying? It's like ah, it, it it's a lot. It's a lot and you know, I expect that kind of behavior from people that aren't saved, that don't know Jesus Christ. But the ones that do and read the Bible, like I'm wondering what Bible you're reading. I, I I don't, I what church are you attending? You know, I'm trying to think of the guy off the top of my head, but he's, oh, Joel Olstein you know, I've listened to him before, like his messages are okay. I mean, it's hard for me. I I don't even feel like he's real, just looking at how he talks and he looks and sorry, little judgy, but you know, I I just hear what comes out of his mouth and it's this like good news profit or prosperity gospel ish word to get more people, you know, the people that, you know, get their Starbucks and you know, get up in the morning on a Sunday, go get their Starbucks, go to church and they listen to their message and then they come home and they still move, you know, like they did before they went through the doors, but they feel like they did their job by just showing up to church. I mean, guys, I have not been uh, a member of a church since I was a teenager. I have not found a church that I really liked. And, or that not so much that I like, let's put it this way. Yeah, of course you got to like a church, but I have to feel the spirit there, right? I have to, I have to see what, how, how is this preacher talking? You know, is the preacher talking against all this woke nonsense? Are they stepping up and are they saying what the word of God says? Are they, are they supporting? Do they have a rainbow flag out, you know, like the rainbow that's, that is, that is God's promise. That is God's, that, that is biblical. And we have allowed that rainbow to be on our, you know, light up our, our nation's capital in support of all of these demonic forces and we're going to get into that on the second half i'm going to talk about um a book that um one of the pastors rabbis that i follow a messianic pastor rabbi jonathan khan it's called return of the gods um and and he speaks on that um about how these spirits have just been unleashed and they've They've been here in America for over 50, 60 years, you know, from how he explains it starting in the fifties, sixties, when, when they took out prayer from the classrooms and stuff, but we'll get into that on, on the the backside of it. You know, I just, I, you know, I could go on and on about like, you know, how these so-called Christians and church leaders bowed down to the altar of the government Like it made me literally stop wanting to call myself a Christian. And let me tell you something. I I am a sinner. I mean, I am not perfect. You know, a lot of people look at me for what I've done and say, you know, you're a hero and you're courageous and God bless you. And, uh, you know, thank you. Thank you. I I really appreciate that. But, But I know my faults and I admit to what they are. You know, and I ask God to you know, to forgive me of of the things that I have done. and he has and and they're as far away as the East is from the West. That's what he tells us in the Bible and And there's something called the East-west continuum. like it never stops. It's really it's really cool concept. But that's how far it is. Like they are gone. and and I sit there and I think, like, you know, people are like, oh, you're a Christian. And I'm like, man, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be associated with these people, you know. I don't know if I want to be associated with these people that are allowing children to get mutilated and to decide. I just don't understand why there's not an outrage. It, it's, it's a lot, right? Like, you know, I, I was wondering where did even that term come up Christian? Because for me about 10 years ago, um, I, I started thinking like, why don't I want to celebrate these holidays, Christmas, Easter? Like they didn't really, um, feel like they once did. And then I started looking into messianic I, I found uh rabbi Jonathan Kahn and uh rabbi Kurt Schneider. And I started learning more about, um, the Jewish quote unquote holidays, right. Passover, what they meant, you know, we're coming up on that. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do a, a show on that since we're coming up on that in Easter. Um, but my whole point in saying that is, you know, I, I, My walk with the Lord shifted and it became more about my relationship than about a religion. And I was researching like things that I did traditionally because my mom did it, her mother did it, everybody, you know, generations have done it. And I looked up and I saw that the term Christian was first used in the book of Acts when Paul the Apostle and uh, Barnabas created the church of Antioch. And some say that's also the beginning of the Catholic church. And, you know, for me, that's where where I'm like, oh, the word Christians mentioned three times in the Bible. Mm, all right. How about I just call myself a follower of Yeshua? I like that better. I'm a follower of Messiah. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. All right, guys, we have to take a break. When we come back, we are going to listen to a little clip. And let me tell you, I loved it. I loved it. And I can't believe PBS released it, Uh, but it's a documentary that PBS did. They followed um, Fauci for 23 months, you know, the hero Fauci uh, for 23 months with cameras starting in 2021. And uh, in one of these clips, uh, he and, um, the mayor of D.C., Mariel Bowser, uh, goes to this low income neighborhood and called Anacosta, Anacostia, and uh, to try to combat vaccine hesitancy and uh, wait till you hear what happened when he got there. <laughs> so cool. But before we go, guys, I, I want you to check out um, Healthy Cell. Healthy Cell, um, they, you know, they have several different supplements and you know, my my son, Benjamin, he's 13. He cannot stand swallowing pills. It, it just, it bothers him. And, you know, honestly, for me, it took me until I was like, I think 13 before I could swallow a pill. My mom used to have to uh, um, put like the medicine pills in a, in a teaspoon with water for me to swallow, which was horrible. Um, but everybody's getting sick around us everybody's there's more sickness around us now than th- literally the two years combined it's so crazy um everybody's getting sick and um healthy cell is one of the the products that he really likes the the taste and and um and the delivery system which is also good because you know go straight to the gut all right guys we'll be right back
1: it's time and this
2: and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next.
3: We wouldn't go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Well, wait. We wash our nose? Yes. The number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter the body is through the nose. So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear, X-L-E-A-R. Clear's drug-free nasal spray features xylitol, an ingredient proven to block adhesion of many nasty bacteria and viruses, and effectively clean, not just rinse like a saline, but wash your nose. Clear nasal spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. Read the research studies for yourself at clear.com. That's X-L-E-A-R dot Protect yourself from the pathogens and junk you breathe. Pick up a bottle for you and your family today.
2: AmericaOutloud.com. If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought, working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio: The Liberty and Justice for All. It's
3: time and this is world.
0: All right, welcome back, guys. So this is so funny. Uh, you know the the clip is going to be on my show notes, but in the beginning, he he shows up. And, you know, they have a little reception for him, all of the, you know, people in the community putting on their, you know, let's vaccinate now shirts, and they're going to go out door to door because, you know, the Messiah Fauci is in town and, um, and everybody that meets him, you know, they're like,
3: oh, I got you.
0: you know, and he's like, oh, good for you. And. You know, they're, they're super stoked that Fauci's there. I mean, he is such a celebrity. Well, he walks up, um, there, there's two that I'm going to show you or l- play for you. Uh, there's two people. So this first one that we're going to listen to is he showed up to this apartment and two women come out and they're standing in the doorway a child is is standing there. She's about four or five, and um, and he here's what Fauci has to say.
3: What are we gonna do about those other states? Oh my
0: God, they're gonna keep the
2: a- a- outbreak smoldering in the country. It's so crazy. I mean, th- they're not doing it because they say they don't want to do it. They're Republicans. They don't like to be told what to do, and we gotta break that. You know, unpack that.
3: How you guys doing with vaccine? Oh, you should get it first. Okay, oh. that way you won't give it to them. Oh, I thought, I thought I would give it to them if I get it.
2: No, no, not at all. In oh. fact, we got to get you vaccinated so that if you were to get infected, you could pass it on to them. Oh. So you're actually protecting your family by getting him vaccinated.
1: Well, I heard that it doesn't um, cure it and it doesn't um, stop you from getting it. No. So,
2: On the very, very, very rare chance that you do get it, even if you're vaccinated, it's a very, you don't even feel sick. It's like you don't even know you got infected. It's very, very good at protecting you.
0: All right. So this is in July, June or July of 2021. And my whole thing is at this time, remember when And I believe it was ICANN network that that sued to get Pfizer to release their their clinical data. And they wanted to release 500 pages a month. So it would take 75 years for us to get all the information when they have 18000 people working for them? And the judge was like, no, 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 no. You're going to release the results now for people to know. And they did. And uh, it showed inconclusively Or conclusively, that it didn't, they didn't test, their clinical trial did not test for infection or transmission. So, meaning they didn't know if the shot stopped you from getting it or stopped you from giving it, right? But now you have Fauci that says, oh, it's very, very, very rare that this happens and it's very, very good at protecting you. So was he just a puppet? Did he not read the clinical trial data? Right? Did he not read the clinical trial data? Like so many doctors didn't do or, or nurses, none, nobody did it. They just were parroting what they were hearing safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective safe and effective, do your part, do your part. I do it for others. I do it for others. Like literally, how, I mean, this is criminal to me. This is absolutely criminal to be going door to door, pushing an experimental, never before used technology with an experimental biologic agent and you don't even know the data? You don't even know that Pfizer didn't test for infection or transmission, just that it lowered hospital admissions. And then we have that just came out that through um, a lawsuit again and see people, this is the problem. Lawsuits take so much time to go through. And so now the, the, the truth has been coming out every single day, every single day. And the CDC just came out and said that they have absolutely no way of differentiating their uh, COVID numbers from those that really died from COVID and those that just had it. Well, come on, man. Like we knew that every single nurse and doctor in the hospital knew what they were doing. And here I am working, you know, as a hospital supervisor and just saying it all the time. How are we not differentiating? Why do I feel like I'm a liar when I have to report these numbers to the emergency management resource database every night to tell them that I have, you know, 10 COVID admissions when I don't, when I absolutely do not? I have a mother that was came in for gallbladder surgery. I have another guy that, you know, has a diabetic foot wound. And on and on. These people were not affected by COVID. We used an experimental emergency use authorization test, PCR to determine if positive or not. And then if the doctor didn't even want to say say they didn't believe the PCR number test, they just said Oh, it's presumed positive. So even the presumed positives are all lumped together with the ones that had the faulty positive test from the PCR. I mean, talk about a cluster. Ah, golly. Well, here, this one is my absolute favorite. Let me play this one for you. This one, they go to a gentleman who walks out on his porch And they're asking him if he's getting vaccinated and hear what he has to say.
1: The people in America are not settled with the information that's been given to us right now. So I'm not going to be lining up, taking a shot on a vaccination for something that wasn't clear in the first place. And then you all create a shot in miraculous time. It takes years to... But back to Well, it, it used to take years. Okay, wow. it used to. It, it you know to how take you know how many years we're invested in this in this approach? About twenty years of science to get us to be able to do it. Twenty years not enough and nine yeah. months is definitely not yeah. enough for nobody to be taking no vaccination that you all came up with. The only yeah. reason
3: I'm talking to you right now, wow, as close wow. as we are, is that I've been vaccinated. Right. But if it lot thousands of people like you don't get vaccinated, you're gonna let this virus continue to percolate in this country and in this world. Something
1: like the common flu then, right? And
3: uh, not like not It's like like much common, more
1: serious though. than the flu. Though. Well, the flu kills a lot of people annually yeah. too. You New know how many
2: people died of the flu the last year? I mean, not this year, virtually none. But the previous year, about twenty to thirty thousand. You know, how many people have died from COVID-19 in the United States? Six hundred thousand
1: Americans. Well, well, that, well, the the number that you all given that died, that's that's once again, that's you all's number.
3: You gonna pass?
1: Yeah, definitely. Because when you start talking about paying people to get vaccinated, when you start talking about incentivizing things to get people vaccinated, it's something else going on with that. It's something, yeah. else, something I, else going it on It is that. something going yeah, on with something with else You're going right. On but here. I'm
3: glad millions of people like me and almost everybody here didn't get an You know what their incentive was? Protecting their health and protecting the city. Well, but that, I, well, well, I
1: won't keep okay, you anymore. It's all, OK, because my, for, my, my, my y'all campaign is about fear. It's about inciting fear in people. You all attack people with fear. That's what this pandemic is. It's a fear. It's fear, this pandemic. That's all it is.
0: Hoo hoo hoo. <laughs> yes, that guy loved him. He hit the nail on the head, Christians. It's a pandemic of fear. Why? Why? Why did you why did you allow fear to permeate your very existence? Because this was COVID-19. But what happens when it's COVID-2023? or Sears 2024, or, you know, whatever we want to call it. What happens the next time? What are you going to do? I need you to ask yourself that. What are you going to do the next time? And what are you going to do now? Here, Here's another one. I did a post the other day, um, probably about a week ago now on my Instagram page. And this went viral and it's still going viral. I think it was like 13,000 likes on it so far. And what it had to say was, let me pull it up. I am a biologically born female woman and mother. I am not a vagina owner, birthing person, menstruating person, or chest feeder. Anyone who thinks otherwise can sit PF down. I've earned my womanhood and motherhood, and would not be marginalized by some nonsense woke trendy craze to erase girls, women, and mothers. And this is from a Healthline article that calls <laughs> calls women. It says, "Oh my God!" It says, "What is menopause?" and on there on average, most vagina owners start menopause between the ages of 45 and 55. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And then another post pops up um, as a memory. And so a year ago this week, I posted um, HHS Assistant Secretary for Health Admiral Rachel Levine Uh, was honored as woman of the year by USA Today. And I'm looking at Rachel, who is obviously a man. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, are you freaking kidding me? We just put on USA Today a man as woman of the year. And she is the, the she, he, she, he is the assistant secretary for health. She, she. This is like the complete opposite picture of health that we should be promoting completely. She obviously looks like a man. She is a man. There is absolutely nothing she can do to change the fact that she is a man. I don't even care if she cut off her penis. She is still a freaking man. And, and, and I say she because that's how she wants to refer to herself, right? Her name is Rachel. She wants me to call her a she. But listen, I'm going to teach my kids. I teach Benjamin, my 13-year-old, all the time. And when I say, like, I don't want you to be fooled. If somebody wants you to call them, um, you know, whatever name they want to be called to call them that name. We don't have to be mean. We don't have to be unkind. You know, they want to say she like, I have a transgender friend. And when he met her, I was like, um, you know, I didn't tell him when she walked in the room. Oh, Hey, I'm having, I'm having my friend come over who is actually a man, but dresses as a woman. She actually looks like a woman. Um, but when she left, I said, You know, did you notice anything different about her? And he was like, "Uh, I don't know. And I said that that was a man. And he's like, I knew something was up. And I'm like, trust your instincts, son. Trust your instincts. You need to know, you know, they should never put themselves in a position to be, you know, um, to be fooled. Right. Like my oldest son, JJ, he just came back from the Philippines. No, Thailand. And, uh, he was showing me pictures of, you know, lady boys that were there. And that's really big in the, uh, Thailand. If you guys don't know, that's huge. And, uh, and he showed Benjamin, he goes, look at, look at the, um, all the beautiful people and he's like, oh wow, they're beautiful. And he's like, every single one of them, um, is a man and Benjamin's like, what? And he goes, matter of fact, they're, they're probably about your age. And he's like, that is so disgusting. Oh my gosh. But you know what? It pissed him off. It pissed him off that he was deceived, you know? And, and it's like, you know what? You just be kind, you know, to each their own, just know that they're walking amongst us. You just need to know. And, um, and so anyway, I, I, talked a little bit earlier about like, is there a biblical explanation of why all this insanity has been ingrained in our culture in the last few years, especially like, how is it that we are demanding our kids refer to human beings as a frog, just because Johnny came to school one day and said, I'm a frog. So you got to start acting like I'm a frog you know, or, or, you know, Timmy comes in and says, you know, I'm not Timmy anymore. I'm a girl and you guys need to honor that and treat me like that. I mean, these kids, their minds have been so messed up from what we did to them that of course, this evil is just going to run rampant. And that's what we're seeing. We are seeing the effects of these lockdowns and this woke culture that is permeated on social media. Our schools are pushing it. You know, there are schools that are just supposed to be there for educational purposes, you know, and socialization, you know, like we're, we're talking about sex to them and, um, all of these things that we should not be teaching. It should be between the parents. I mean, I I got a, a message this morning. Let's see if I can find it. Yeah, it's right here. Um, someone that ordered a book, um, ordered my book as a birthday gift. She said, my younger sister, for who for whom I ordered the book as a birthday gift, has been getting down lately. As her two-year-old, two-plus-year 2 court battle with the ex-husband over vaccinating their only child, a nine-year-old daughter was finalized this Monday. The judge ruled in her ex's favor, stating that my niece can and should be vaccinated within 15 days. It's challenging to be in a different state geographically and lend moral support over the phone. Yet that's pretty much what I do. I hope and pray she reads your book. As we will do now, warmly and with much gratitude for your thoughtfulness, Jacqueline. And I I was I was so mad. I forwarded it to my attorney, Mike Yoder. I we just we just did a show not that long ago. And I was like, what the F. I mean, I did, you know, sometimes that word comes out. And I was like, what is going on? How are we? How is this even possible that we are forcing an experimental drug or technology and drug that does not stop transmission, that does not stop infection, that they're not even at risk for. And we are pushing this on our children with no long-term data. And then the data that is coming out is showing that it Affects reproductivity. I mean, guys, this, you know, I have a few minutes left, and and th- this is where we're gonna end it here. Rabbi Jonathan Khan, um, I saw a YouTube video of him explaining his new book, Return of the Gods. And um, it, this is this is what made sense to me. Um, because I know, I know that in the end times. It's going to be um, confusion, mass confusion, and that's what it's been. I mean, it's literally felt like the twilight zone for those of us that are awake, watching all this happen, as though it's not real life. Time has went by extremely fast. Um, that's another end times. Uh, you know what's going to happen in the end times, and um, there's just so much. But one of them is that he states that the gods are actually spirits um, and that they can not only affect individuals, but entire cultures can be possessed. And so the pagan world, right, back in, you know, biblical days, the pagan world was full of them, was full of the spirits. And, you know, in in Jesus, you know, they talk about in the book of Acts how, you know, the, the world was possessed by them and um, the living power of the Spirit of God came into this world, he sent his word, Yeshua, to cast out those spirits. And in the book of Acts, we hear over and over of how the demonic um, forces and the evil was, was out there. And, um, and God cast them out. And then he gave his, his um, disciples... The ability to do that as well, so they went out into the world and they casted it, casted them out. You know, it's like the temples of Zeus became em- empty, the shrines of dioceses were abandoned, and it was the greatest, massive exorcism in human history. But the, the but what he said, and I didn't know, was that the spirits don't die. The spirits don't die, so where do they go? And then. He referred to Matthew 12, 43 to 45. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house for which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it also be with this wicked generation. And so the Bible warns of any culture, nation, civilization that's been delivered by God and then empties itself of God's presence, that the ancient spirits were cast out. But they will come back at the end of age, end of the age. So for the last 50 years, we've witnessed the return of the paganization of America. Didn't we remove the prayer from schools? Ushered in the sexual revolution? Allowed 60 million children to be placed on the altar of Baal, Baal, however you say it. I mean, you you sit there and they say in the Bible, Whenever you put a um, like a God before me or idolize something more than the sanctity of human life. And and you think that people idolize money more. They idolize their freedom more because why would a mother abort her child? Because it's not the right time. Her career isn't set. Her career is not set. She doesn't have the support or so she doesn't think. You know, it's just not the right time in her life. I I want my freedom. I can't be tied down to a kid. So you have an abortion. And trust me, you know, uh, guys, in this whole hour long of you spending listening to me talk, and I told you that I'm a sinner and that, you know, things that I have done, I have asked for forgiveness. I was there. I was there so I'm not sitting here higher than mighty on the throne saying oh my gosh all these people you know all these women that have killed their baby you know they're awful people because you know what I did I did I was 19 years old and you know I had my son and you know I don't have time to get in all that maybe one day I will but you know I had an abortion it was an easy process to do, extremely easy, too easy. And now I speak out against that. I speak out against it. And and I try to offer support and, and solutions, being a nurse and a mother and counsel people and, and let them see that there is hope and that there is, you know, there is help out there. So we're, we're about done. We're about done guys, but you know, I just ask you like, you know, as Christians, you know, I, I just pray that when, when the Jesus comes in the sky and he calls, calls us up to be with him. So we don't have to endure the, the hell that's going to happen here on earth, that you're ready, that you're ready and that you are living your life, you know, for God. Not for man, not for your mom, not for your family, not for your job, but you are living for God. And, and that is my prayer for you, that we're all ready. And that and that is the point of why I, I did this. Not to come down and condemn people, but just to call it like I see it. We need to speak the truth. We need to shine our light in our darkness you know, just like my sister nurses have been Uh, guys, this show is doing so good. Thank you so much. Um, we have, we have amazing nurses that are speaking the truth here on air five days a week. You know, some of the shows that have just been out there recently, you know, that, um, nurse April just did one as cardiac arrest, And medical emergencies rise. CPR training is vital. Absolutely. Nurse Michelle just did one. Love, inspiration, and hope are free. Praise God, they are. Nurse Beth, lessons learned from the three year COVID stain on humanity. Ah, this is, yeah, here we go. This is, you know, this is our three year anniversary. So I'm sure you're going to be hearing that. And then Nurse Kimberly, remdesivir, ventilator death, wash, rinse, repeat. We are so thankful for you listeners and for giving this opportunity to shine our light in the darkness. We are on on air, like I said, five days a week, 10 a.m. Eastern time with an encore of 11 p.m. and all of our shows go to podcast. Please, guys, if there's anything that you do, at least start sharing. Start sharing these shows. Post them on your social media pages. Send them to your friends. Send them on the messenger chats. And um, and just let people decide for themselves. You don't even have to say anything. Just share it. And if they ask you, why did you share it? Say, I came across it. I thought it was interesting. Thought you might want to hear too. Done. Until next time, be safe, be well, and God bless. It's time and this season